Welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of The Political Spotlight. Today, the spotlight is on Mike Hill, who currently represents District 1 in the Florida House of Representatives. If you remember a couple weeks ago, we interviewed Michelle Salzman, who is currently running against Mike for the seat. If you haven't heard her episode, go back and check it out after you've listened to Mike's interview. Let's jump straight into things. Hi, Mike. How are you doing today? Connor, I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, so you're on the political spotlight. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you intentionally wanted to run for the position that you hold currently? Um, yes, I'm the incumbent in Florida House, State House District 1. I was first elected to that seat in 2018. Um, before that, I was previously elected in District 2 in 2013 in a special election, re-elected in 2014. In 2016, I ran for State Senate, District 1, was not successful, but after encouragement from several friends to run again in 2018, I did, and was re-elected in 2018 to District 1. Um, I grew up in a military family. My father was active duty Air Force. Um, we traveled quite a bit. I spent my teenage years in Europe at Aviano, Italy. Came back. Um, my father retired in St. Louis, Missouri, where I went to high school. I was then accepted a nomination by President Ford to attend the Air Force Academy, which I did. Graduated in 1980. I spent 10 years active duty in the Air Force. My last duty station was Eglin Air Force Base in Fort Walton Beach. And while stationed there, I received my MBA and was awarded the Company Grade Officer of the Year Award. I then left the Air Force in 1990 and started an insurance agency with State Farm. I've been now with State Farm and been either an agent or a field employee of State Farm since then. So come 1 July of this year, I will be with State Farm 30 years. I'm a constitutional conservative. Um, I uh, believe in our Second Amendment rights. I believe in the sanctity of life. And uh, I, I don't compromise when it comes to what our Constitution gives us as our God-given rights. Yes, sir. Um, currently, this podcast was started in direct response to COVID-19. Candidates haven't been able to campaign like they want to, and they need to during this uh, campaign season. What are your thoughts on COVID-19, um, and how is it affecting your campaign specifically? Well, of course, it has affected everyone's campaign because of the lockdown orders. Uh, you haven't been able to uh, campaign as you normally do, such as hosting rallies, um, knocking on doors. Um, and that has come to a screeching halt. So what we have to do is come up with other methods of letting people know what your message is. And for me, that's done primarily through social media. Um, that is how we are able to uh, connect with our constituents at this point. Um, and also with email, uh, been able to connect with the constituents. That's the best we can do right now. It, it's not as effective as uh, uh, 
knocking door to door and shaking hands with people. But because of this whole COVID-19 situation, we're unable to do that at this time. Yes, sir. Um, can you tell us a little bit what sets you apart? Obviously, you are the incumbent, but uh, can you tell us a little bit what sets you apart from the other candidates that are running against you? Well, first of all, I would say the experience of being in office and knowing what needs to uh, be done to stand up for our constituents. I guess one thing that would set me apart is um, I am very well known for being a constitutional conservative. I don't go to Tallahassee to join the swamp. I, I go to Tallahassee to drain the swamp. So I file bills that are very conservative. For example, I filed a bill to protect life. It's called the heartbeat bill. It says once a heartbeat is detected in the womb, you cannot abort that baby. Now, that is very popular here in the district, not so much in Tallahassee. So it hasn't been able to get a hearing yet in Tallahassee, but that does not stop me from uh, continuing to bring that bill forward, and I will again next session. Um, I also filed a bill to repeal the unconstitutional portions of the law that was signed into place after the Parkland gun shooting. Um, there were certain parts of that bill which were good, such as um, hardening our schools and making them safer providing more funding for resource officers and mental health counselors. Those are all good things to make our schools safer. safer. But there were other parts which infringed on our constitutional rights, which I was compelled to file a bill to repeal them. For example, an 18 or 20 year old cannot, can no longer purchase a, a long gun in Florida. Clearly unconstitutional, goes against our second amendment. Um, the risk protection orders or red flag laws or as I call them gun confiscation laws which simply says that on the whim of someone um, concerned that you may be a danger to yourself or someone else, you haven't committed any kind of crime, they can come and confiscate your weapon and your ammunition clearly against the second amendment clearly against the First Amendment, freedom of speech, because if someone says something that concerns someone else, they can use that to accuse you of being dangerous. Clearly, against the Fourth Amendment, uh, unreasonable search and seizure, um, and clearly against the Fourteenth Amendment, um, uh, seizing your property without cause. So I had to file a bill to repeal those two portions, and there was another portion a three-day waiting period, saying that before you can pick up a weapon that you purchase, you have to wait three days. Again, clearly unconstitutional in our Second Amendment, which says the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. And then finally, the fourth part, which my bill would repeal, was how you cannot purchase a bump stock in Florida. The problem with that portion is that a bump stock was so broadly defined that any modification you can make to your weapon, a left-leaning judge could call that a bump stock and confiscate it from you. So because of my oath of office, I had to file legislation 
that would repeal those unconstitutional parts of the Parkland uh, gun law. Um, again, very popular here in District 1. Not so popular in Tallahassee. And so, again, that did not get a hearing last session, but I'm going to bring it back again this session so that um, it, it will get the attention it needs. Now, if you'll permit me to, Connor, I want to back up a bit because I mentioned it a couple of times, and that was my oath of office. Yes, sir. You see, the reason why I take these steps is because of my oath of office. My oath of office says that I do solemnly swear that I will support, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States and its government and that of the state of Florida. Okay, inextricably tied to the Constitution is our Declaration of Independence. Definitely. And I'm sure, Connor, you will recognize this phrase in our Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal and endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, among which are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness or property. The very next sentence is critical, Connor. It says, and to secure these rights, government is instituted among men, deriving their just powers by the consent of the governed. So I am now part of government. The reason why I exist is to protect our God-given rights. The very first one is life. So that is why I had to file legislation that says that I'm going to protect life, including the pre-born. That is why I had to file legislation because I swore that it would protect our Constitution. And the Second Amendment, of course, part of our Bill of Rights, is our Constitution. Now, even more importantly than all that, Connor, was that when I took that oath, it was not merely between me and the official administering the oath. And it was not merely between me and my constituents, even though they are included. That oath was between me and the living God. I was promising God that I would support, protect, and defend the Constitution. So no matter how unpopular it might be in Tallahassee, because of my oath of office to the living God, I am compelled to file legislation which is going to protect life, which is going to protect our property and our pursuit of happiness. So what legislation do you see me file, what you see me protect, what you see me sponsor and co-sponsor, are those things which line up with my oath of office? Yes, sir. Um, what do you believe are the biggest problems currently other than COVID-19 that are facing the state of Florida? Um, and what, what are you going to do going forward to solve them other than um, abortion uh, rights? Well, the, the other big problems that we have in Florida are we have too many regulations which prevent businesses from prospering. We have too many licensing requirements preventing those from either starting a business or making their business business grow and prosper. We need to get that out of the way. We need to let people be free to start a business, to grow a business, and support their families, and to employ people that will support their families. That's number one. 
Number two, one of our biggest problems I believe we have in the state of Florida is there are too many counties and municipalities that have um, uh, county commissioners and city commissioners who take on more authority than they actually have and will actually try to uh, execute laws that they don't have the authority to do. And we've seen that with our with this COVID-19. For example, we saw down in Hillsborough County where a pastor of a church was arrested for opening his church doors. He still has social distancing um, going on there in his church, but he was arrested. Yes, sir. Well, it backfired on Hillsborough County because uh, Liberty Council um, represented that pastor. Now there's a lawsuit against Hillsborough County because they overstepped their bounds. And I think we have too much of that at the local level of where they are taxing our people too much. They are putting restrictions on them too much that prevent um, the the uh, free market capitalism from prospering. Could you go into detail about uh, your stance on the other issues, um, mainly uh, health care, education, things like that? Okay. Um, my stand on health care is I believe what is going to make that work the most or the best is the more we get government out of the way. Let the free market, which in every instance, that we see when it is allowed to operate, then things become better. Our uh, health uh, industry right now is tied down too much with government regulations. Even the purchase of insurance right now, one thing which would make it so much better is if we could purchase insurance policies across state lines. If we could uh, buy our policies from those in other states, not just those who are uh, in Florida, which right now I believe we have five or less. Um, the more competition you have, the better that product will be. So I think that is our biggest problem with healthcare right now. Um, I believe we need to shrink Medicaid because Medicaid is a huge drain, not only on our healthcare system, but also on our budget. Our, our, uh, our state budget. Right now, health care is a little more than a third of our total budget. When it went back to 2000, it was only 20% of our budget. So continuing on a pace like that is not sustainable. Now, if I go to another area, you said education. Yes, sir. I think education, again, what is going to make that um, better is if you allow parents to have the choice of how they want their children educated, whether that's at public school, private school, home school, charter school, or internet school. A parent knows what is best for their child, how they best learn, and how they will um, succeed. We should leave that to the parent. And I think the best way of doing that is you let those dollars for each student follow the student and not the school. 
You don't assign it to the district where they then, the school district where they then divvy it up amongst the various public schools. Instead, give that money to the parents and let them choose where they want to go for their child's education. Again, whether that's public, homeschool, or whatever. That way we have competition with the government-run schools, which would force them to do better and give us a better product. Now, Mr. Hill, it's no secret that you're a big supporter of President Trump. Um, during your campaign events, we can see you holding a uh, star from the Hollywood, a picture of a star off the Hollywood Hawk Walk of Fame of President Trump's star. Could you go in a little bit of detail of your support of the president? Yes, I support President Trump 100%. I think he has done a phenomenal job turning this country around. Before this COVID-19 insanity started, um, we had the lowest unemployment rates in a generation, the lowest ever for the black and Hispanic community. We saw our stock market at record highs. We saw manufacturing and production at levels we hadn't seen in such a long time in this country. And we saw more manufacturers coming back to the United States because they found it to be more prosperous and beneficial. We saw energy prices plummeting because of the decisions that President Trump has made. Um, we were seeing that uh, in all sectors, economic sectors, all metrics, that we were just increasing at, at a level that was um, going to make this nation, again, one of the most powerful beneficial uh, benevolent and prosperous nation the world has seen. And I believe it is because of the policies of President Trump. Now, even with this COVID-19, what I respect what President Trump has done is he has not given edicts from Washington, D.C., saying you will do this, you will do that. He has left that up to the states, which is where the power belongs. Our Tenth Amendment says the power belongs to the states and to the people. It's called federalism. And then he left it up to the governors to implement how they saw fit. We know there are some states in the, na uh, in the nation which have not shut down at all. And we have not seen a dramatic increase in the uh, COVID-19 number of cases or even number of deaths. So... Those that remain free, which the president allowed, which, by the way, I shouldn't use that word allowed, um, because he had no authority to, no constitutional authority to impose his will on them. That is not how this nation is set up. That is not how our Constitution is set up. Our Constitution limits the powers of the government. It does not limit the power of the people. All right, Mike, we have a segment on the show where we roll out the spotlight figuratively for you. Um, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, why they should elect re-elect you, and where they can find your campaign materials? Okay, they can find my campaign materials. They go to votemikehill.com. That's votemikehill.com. And you'll see there uh, the issues and where I stand on each of the issues. Um, you can click to 
correspond with me, and I always respond. You can also click to donate to my campaign. Now, if they haven't figured it out already from how I have previously spoken, I am a constitutional conservative. I believe in limited government, low taxes, personal freedom, and individual responsibility. Because wherever we have seen that been allowed to operate around the world, then those nations prosper. And you couple that, those principles, with our Constitution, and what you have as a result is the United States of America. The United States of America is a land where free market capitalism can thrive. We have freedom of speech, freedom of religion, equal treatment under the law, and a constitution that limits the powers of the government by the consent of the governed. That is who I am. My military background, um, I served 10 years active duty. My father before me served 26 years active duty. My grandfather served in the Army in World War I. And I have a son who served in the United States Marine Corps. We have four generations in my family of those who said we will offer ourselves to protect and defend this nation. And if we have to, we'll make the ultimate sacrifice. Thankfully, um, none of my family members had to, but we were willing to. And because of my love for this country, because of my love for my God and Savior, Jesus Christ, that is why I believe I am the best candidate for State House District 1, and that I will go to Tallahassee to continue to fight for the lives of the pre-born, to fight for our constitutional rights, to fight for our monuments and memorials. That's what I said I would do, and that's exactly what I did. And when the constituents send me back to Tallahassee, that is what I will continue to do and support President Donald Trump. Well, thank you so much for your service, and thank you for joining us. That's all for today's episode. Thanks for listening. And if you want to hear another candidate or politician on the political spotlight, please message us via Facebook or Twitter. Um, and let us know who that is, and if you have any questions for said candidate or politician, let us know those as well. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.